Welcome to Kudos Kirby, a comic's journey into Jack Kirby's lesser-known works. I'm Angus, and will be your guide through the monthly expedition to uncover those hidden gems from the King of Comics' over 20,000 comic book pages. We hope you enjoy this latest adventure in the journey. Spangled Comics, the Newsboy Legion, and the Guardian harvest a crop of crooks in Victuals for Victory. The Newsboy Legion in Victuals for Victory by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. How are you going to keep them down on the farm? That's the problem which tenant kids of the Newsboy Legion and their mysterious guardian are up against when a two-man yokel crime wave threatens to sweep into the heart of the big city itself, sporting a pile of borrowed greenbacks to put them in business. Well, that ain't hay. And thus begins the Newsboy Legion's latest story, Victuals for Victory, from Star Spangled Comics, Volume 1, issue number 25, from October of 19. 43. Our executive editor is Jack Schiff. Our cover artists are Jack Kirby and Arturo Casnueve. Our writer is Joe Simon. Our penciler is Jack Kirby. Our inker is Arturo Casnueve. Letterer is Howard Ferguson. And our editor for the story is also Jack Schiff. The Newsboy Legion are joined by Jim Harper and they have volunteered to help out at a farm during the labor shortage as part of America's victory program. Through the early morning until dinner time, the boys work very hard, adjusting to farm life day by day, and they eventually do it with a bit of ease. But trouble brews even in the heartland. In a small rustic cabin not too far away, are two scheming crooks. They're actually sitting around a cracker barrel. Small-time robbers, and they're tired of country living. They want to see what the big city has to offer, and though they need money to get there. So that afternoon, after a hard day of work, the boys come across a pair of hoodlums near Farmer Jones's house, whose farm they're working on. Scrapper notices a cone-shaped objects the men are carrying. Big Words identifies them as beehives, and suddenly the men start banging sticks against the hives, and then they disappear inside the house while the bees swarm, and the bees are preventing anyone from entering into the house. The boys can't get close and without getting stung, so they notice that the guardian is climbing in through a rear window, wearing a net over his face to protect him from the swarm. The two hoods inside are caught with Jones's money, Farmer Jones's money, in their hands. And the guardian helps them take a seat by pushing one of the crooks over a chair, then tossing a sofa at him. 
Outside, unaware of the events that are happening inside the house, the boys gather leaves into a pile and they start a fire. The smoke breaks up an angry swarm of bees, and then they're unable to enter the house. They find the guardian on his knees coughing horribly with no sign of the other men who were supposedly inside. Unfortunately, the smoke provided the perfect cover for the crooks to get away, and Gabby is more interested in what the guardian was doing there, taking his presence as proof that he's actually Jim Harper. Now, the guardian responds that he's not particular about where he nabs a criminal, and he turns Gabby's accusation around on him, saying that how suspicious it was that he always seems to find the Newsboy Legion where he's working. At least it wasn't a total loss, and the men forget all about the money when they left, and meaning they might hang out in an area and try to retrieve it later. Now, the Guardian makes his own escape while the boys search the house to return to the fields. And the Guardian returns back now as Jim Harper. Later in the evening, Jim takes the boys to see a movie downtown as a way to relax after a hard day's work. And he pays attention to a small bank, noting that it could be a tempting target for those small-time crooks that wanted to break out from the heartland and head to the big city. The theater is so packed that they have to split up and sit separately. So this gives Jim the opportunity to slip out and transform into the Guardian. And he heads over towards the bank. And he noticed that there is something very suspicious around the bank. There happens to be a wagon with a bunch of hay pulled up right next to the bank. And it seems that the bank is locked up tight. But when he moves the cart, he discovers that it's covering a huge hole that had been busted through into the building. And he enters in through that hole where he is finds the criminals who are trying to steal the safe. Now, they grab pitchforks and charge the guardian, these pitchforks having been in the wagon that they had the hay in. And the wagon uh, partially blocks the doorway there, but that area that had been blown out. But the guardian pivots and knocks the crooks over. The police show up and find that the pair hanging uh, by their pants on pitchforks are ready to be shipped off to prison. The guardian queued them up real nice. Now, Jim makes it back to the theater just in time. The movie ends, and he's ready with his alibi as soon as Scrapper asks. And they're talking about scenes from the film that they just watched. And Jim recounts the ending of the movie proving that he never left his seat and quelling the suspicions there of Scrapper. They return back to their farm duties, and the boys feeling pretty good about themselves for helping provide more food for the nation during wartime. Meanwhile, the two criminals do their own kind of farm work, and they're tilling the field in prison garb, though with not nearly as much enthusiasm as the boys. This is a really fun read, it delves into the victory program during World War II, so it's rooted in real-world things that were occurring at that time. The fact that you had much of the male population being drafted into the war and leaving the farms out there to only the older folk to work and needing of young, strong hands to harvest the crop. 
And that is where Jim ends up taking the Newsboy Legion. So we delve into that. And these small-time criminals are a lot of fun. It was very cool to actually see a real Cracker Barrel. If you are not from the South and do not know where that restaurant chain got its name from, well, here's a prime example of what the Cracker Barrel was, particularly to areas down South and out in the country. It was a place where you would have these barrels of soda crackers and pop it off and it would be a place where folks would congregate around and talk about the day's events and you know snack on a couple crackers while they were doing that very similar to what we would see in the 50s and 60s and the urbanization of America around the water cooler and water cooler talk so it was kind of kind of little fun uh, spin there to all of that there's also an amusing set of panels here where scrapper uh, finds a what he believes to be a cow and says, Oh, what a cute little cow. And well, it ends up actually being a bull who ends up having him jump over the fence in order to prevent from being gored. And kind of that big city folk in the country setting, that fish out of water scenario, which was a lot of fun. Jack packs a lot of action into this one, as you can imagine. He's allowed to do a lot more scenery now that we're out in the country, which is kind of cool. I love his capturing of the farm life. That is a lot of really, really cool. The little town that they're in is cool, very well rendered, almost looks kind of westernish, very countryish with that small theater. And then heading over to the bank and the streets and everything, it's really, really fun and quaint. I like it a lot. And the incident with the bees, that one is a, lot, is a lot of fun too, with the swarm there and the boys creating the fire to smoke the bees out to calm them down. That one was very well thought out, and I, I like that panel work in there quite a bit. So now let's move on to our next story, and this comes from Star Spangled Comics. Volume 1, issue number 26, from November of 1943. And this is Louis the Lug Goes Literary. Louis the Lug gets a visitor in his room. The Guardian smashes in and knocks him out cold. The police didn't have enough evidence to bring Louis in for questioning regarding some recent crime. So the Guardian thought he would do the police a big favor by essentially delivering Louis to the front steps of the precinct. Now, the next day, Tommy and his friends in the Newsboy Legion decide to help out the war effort. They've heard about a book drive to benefit the USO. So, Big Words visits the boarding house where Louis the Lug was staying. Now, they have no idea that Louis the Lug was boarding that at this house. This is purely coincidental, but it works well for this story. The old landlady passes books to big words. Lots of them. Now, one catches big words, imagination, relativity and the fourth dimension. It's quite an advanced book for a lug like Louis to be reading. And this is what the boarding woman uh, says here as she's handing this book over to big words. But big words happily takes it. And meanwhile, Louis 
steps out of the police precinct after being held for hours of questioning, but with a lack of evidence to charge him with, the police are forced to let him out on the streets. Now, Louis was very upset that the landlady gave his book away. She told him in a not-so-nice tone that if he wanted it back, he'd have to go fetch it himself. First, he heads out to gather up two associates of his, Silver Plate and Mugger Dawes. Now, back at the Newsboys Clubhouse, the floor is just strewn with books, and Gabby, Scrapper, and Tommy collected so far. Tommy notices that Big Words wasn't back yet. Scrapper hears someone coming, thinking it's Big Words, and instead the door busts open, and it's Louie and his associates. They really rough up the kids, and they find that there is no book here of Louie's. It's not there because Big Words hasn't returned back yet, because Big Words is walking the streets reading this book. So they decide to leave after the boys initially attack them and fight back, and they quickly realize that, okay, this book that they're looking for just is not there. So they head out, and Jim Harper is met by the newsboys. And the newsboys give him a full-blown account of what happened here with Louis. Jim tells them it's unlikely that Louis and his friends will be back. And while he could arrest them now for the break-in, it might be better to wait until they make another move, something bigger. So Tommy tries to get them to admit that he's the guardian, get Jim to admit it. But Jim brushes it off as always. And the boys get back to their clubhouse. Now, Big Words is finally there with his big science book. And he excitedly shows his friends what he's found. Hidden within the hardcover, which is torn open when a small copper plate for printing counterfeit $20 bills is revealed. This explains why Louie and his thugs were looking for it. Now, Gabby says that the others were thinking it's time to get some revenge here. So, the night happens, and Louis leaves his boarding house. He doesn't realize that he's being followed. The newsboy decides to follow him, and Louis heads into a close-up factory. It happens to be a factory for the manufacturer of doorknobs. So they enter into this factory. Tommy steps into a rotted board and falls through a floor down into an old elevator shaft. Now, he's not hurt, thank goodness. And he wants to explore this newly discovered tunnel. He tells his rest of his buddies in the Newsboy Legion to go get help and to hear if he yells. Then he walks down this tunnel. And there's a walled-off part of the basement with a heavy iron door. Voices were coming from the other side. Louie and Muggers arguing about the lost counterfeit plates. Now suddenly Tommy's hit from behind, knocked out. He wakes up moments later, and he's tied and secured between a paper press. And his friends are also tied up on the floor nearby. Now, once their captors leave the room, the gang takes in their situation. And it's a good thing. Big Words read a book because when he notices a mercury vapor lamp close by, he gets an idea. They can use the lamp, which sends out high-pitched frequencies that interfere with radio waves to send a message in Morse code to the Guardian. Struggling, 
Tommy is just able to reach the lamb's pull chain. Now, Jim Harper, meanwhile, sits at home by the radio. He starts to hear these distorted signals come through in these short bursts. And he quickly writes down, Guardian, help, doorknob, factory, bottom of elevator shaft. Louie and the rest of his gang walk uh, and in on the boy sending this message. And Mugger is really mad and knocks Tommy in the head with the butt of his pistol. Now, they had the Guardian to worry about as well. These thugs set a trap for the hero. They cover a 50-foot drop in the floor with a sheet of canvas, basically creating a pit environment for him to fall into. And the Guardian has entered into the doorknob factory, makes his way down, and he is stealthily working his way around. Now, Gabby, Scrapper, and Big Words heave with all their might against the backboard behind them, crashing it with a bang. And they're bound and gagged, but they're able to warn their pal, the Guardian, by creating this ruckus because it completely diverts the attention of Louis and his gang towards the, the kids. And the noise changes the direction quickly, races through the door, the Guardian does. And the thugs have the boys. He swings his shield, and he's quickly able to, to get in there. But Louis grabs a canister of acid. It's actually a, a bottle of acid. And threatens to knock over the Guardian with it. By then, the newsboys have wiggled free, and they end up in full force rushing Louis and his gang. After the three th thugs are knocked out, and thankfully, Big Words catches the acid before it breaks on the floor, cops are called, and the Guardian once again makes his exit. The next morning, Newsboy Legion meets up with Jim Harper while he's on patrol. They tell him that they knew he listened to the radio every night and that he must have heard the message they sent and therefore he must be the guardian. Now, Jim dodges it yet again, the accusations, reminding him that that signal would have been picked up by many radios in the city that night and that the guardian likely deciphered the message at the same time he did. Big words ends up having to hold back a very frustrated scrapper who is so certain that our Jim Harper is the Guardian. Louis Goes Literary. This was a fun romp. I really loved the cover page that Jack did. He has a scene on the cover of the book that they're looking for. That is really high action with Louis shooting a gun at the Guardian who's defending the boys with a shield, which would foreshadow the events later in the story. The best panel by far in this one is a very creative one that ends up taking up two thirds of the page in length and completely breaks panel discipline. It's the view point, the vantage point of Tommy looking into the keyhole behind the door where the printing press room is here for our criminals. It is a really creative panel. I love it. And Jack does a great job in capturing Louis there smoking his stogie, talking with mugs there, and 
it's it's a really really creative panel. I I love it a lot. There's some great shadow in there. There's light, but I just love that vantage point of Tommy peering into that keyhole right before he's about to get knocked out. Both of these stories leave us with a call to action. And in this last one, what happens to the Newsboy Legion in the next issue of Star Spangled Comics should only happen to Hitler. Don't miss it. And that is our cue to come back and enjoy issue number 27 of Star Spangled Comics. Kudos, Kirby. Kirby. 